As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, WNBA season, the 25th WNBA season is almost upon us, and we are talking W with a very special guest who fires off opinions like Steph Curry fires off threes, my girl, I got some tease, she's ready to go. But first, Darlene, let's run it. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. All right, welcome to Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. Uh, I'm Monica McNutt. Guys, we're going back to the original way we used to do this pod. King is absent. We'll talk about that later. Uh, But we're going to hold it down without him. And on today's show, we're diving into the WNBA draft that took place last week. Training camps are set to open in a few days. So we are excited and thrilled as the league celebrates its 25th anniversary. And I have my friend and producer extraordinaire, talent extraordinaire, Tarika Foster-Brasby is here. You know her from ESPN, where she is also producer and co-host occasionally of the Around the Rim podcast with the China Robinson. You also have seen her killing it on social at She Knows Sports on Twitter and Instagram and her own show, Tease Take Two. Hey, T. Hey, girl. How are you? I'm good. It's so good to have you here. I'm jealous of your t-shirt. Um, thank you. I love this shirt. Um, I had a a good friend connect. Oh, you know, and oh and nice. The, yes, yes. I was I was crying. I was being a baby. I was being a baby because everybody in the WNBA was getting these care packages. Mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, everybody get in the box, everybody got a bag. Like, I can't get a box, I can't get a bag. And Ed was like, I got you. Well, so for the record, go. I I have not gotten a box either. And for folks listening, T has on the Power of Women shirt that's black with the white print and with the WNBA logo on it, and it is super fire. So let me hit Eb too. Can I get a box? Listen, can I listen? I'm trying to hit up a, t- a team. Don't y'all want me to wear y'all jersey? Like, come on. <laughs> did okay. I did get a Liberty jersey. So shout see, out to whoever see. put that in motion. That was that was love. All right, so there T, let's go. jump into it first. Let's just uh, look back last week for you. I mean, you and I both covered the women's game. Biggest surprise, I think there's multiple to choose from, but the biggest surprise from the draft, what stood out to you? Um, I would definitely say Kaiser's Andriat going to Indiana. Did not see that. So either, either Tamika and Marianne know something that we don't know <laughs> or we didn't see and granted it's no shade to her as a player I mean she killed it at West Virginia averaging 19 and a half points a game um I just did not expect her to go that high um but I do know that Indiana is a team that needs everything so there really was no wrong way to to go with that pick but I think that was the most surprising pick for me with a strong second being Renaya Davis falling to number nine mm. so I think that was it I will say that I didn't really get into mocks 
Like the W is probably one of the one places where I don't get into mocks. Cause I feel like those coaches, they be knowing. Like last year's class, obviously we knew Sabrina would be the headliner. Like mm-hmm. this year's group, to use the China's word, was so much more even. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I really didn't get into mocks. So when she went, I was like, I actually really like that. I think Kaiser's a bucket. A walking bucket. She's a, a but like who with everything that this draft had. Mm-hmm. with so much that was available which is why if we get into the second round that's ridiculous like this has got to be the most ridiculous second round that I've ever seen because almost half of them could have easily been lottery picks so yeah. of everything that was available for her to go for I was like wow um I didn't expect Ari to go that high I will admit that and maybe that's on me but I didn't expect her to go that high but then I thought at nothing else she's going to come into the league and be able to strap somebody 94 feet. Like, even if she can't get the same volume of shots up, like she's going to play defense. Um, I was surprised at Stephanie Watts at 10. I was very surprised by that. Um, so that was tricky for me. And then I think Natasha Mack is one of my faves. I just loved her story, how candid she was in her interview, mm-hmm. the whole bit. I'm actually very surprised she went as low as she did, although I do think that's a phenomenal pickup for Chicago. I mean, now you're about to, not only is she a defensive juggernaut, but now you're about to get this post game, learn to learn this post game from the great, like (laughs) there, there is no better situation for her than to be able to, to get that info from Candace Parker, like seriously. So, but I was quite surprised. I was surprised, honestly, and I know you said you don't get into mocks, but not people didn't really have her going here but Mm. I could have seen her going to Minnesota only because in my mind I'm thinking you get to play behind Sylvia Fowles like that to me would have been ridiculous and what a replacement you know Cheryl Reeve is just she's like a a machine almanac of Mm. like she it's ridiculous how she is able to put a roster together so I was thinking like you know maybe that will be their one pickup so it was definitely a shift yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's talk about Dallas and their hull of picks. Um, they got Charlie Collier. They got Awakuier, who I cannot wait to see. I have not seen her play, but I, like, cannot wait to see her play. Um, and then they got our girl Dana Evans. Dana, I'm, a, I'm worried about Dana, though. Wait, am I missing somebody that they also got in there? Uh, Chelsea Dungey. Yeah, they got another guard. Yeah, they got Chelsea. Okay, tell me about Dana. Why are you concerned? So I'm not concerned about Dana's play. I'm concerned about Dana actually making the roster because there's so many pieces that Dallas is going to have, even coming from last year's draft. You Mm -hmm. still got Satu. You still got Arike. Like there's, I, I don't know if she's going to be strong enough to make the roster. And that's my only concern with Dana. Um, I mean, straight up from this draft class, she's got, she and Chelsea got to go head to head. Facts. (laughs) And that's, that's the one thing that concerns me. Um, just if, and the crazy part is we were just doing a uh, women's basketball weekly with Christina Williams yesterday on um, yes, Clubhouse. Christina. Mm-hmm. Yes, Christina. And uh, they had Ty Harris, Ty Harris joined us on the show. So we were like, okay, let's get this. Let's get all these nuggets that we could possibly get. But what was interesting is that, you know, she said, listen, new head coach Vicki Johnson is like, we want to play a fast paced game. We want to be, you know, offensively strong this year. Like this is where I'm trying to direct this team this mm-hmm. year because we are only a piece or two away from being a playoff team. And so when you think about that and you think about Dana's game, um, how quick she is, I feel like she would fit that mold 
that Vicki Johnson is looking for. But when you consider who all you have to fight for these spots, that's what makes it scary. I was just about to say, she definitely fits, but does she literally fit? Like the roster ain't gonna be 16 deep. It's not gonna be 16 deep. <laughs> um, I'm actually really excited to see Vicki Johnson as a head coach too. Like, I, I can't wait to see her in that role and how she's able hopefully to stabilize that organization that I think has had promise through the years. And for whatever reason, whether it's on the court or off the court, they haven't quite been able to put it together, but there's so much young talent there. There's a ton um, of energy and just excitement. I think that's a really, is that one of the younger teams in the league, right? It is, it is. Oh, so I have a small history with Dallas because they started off as the Detroit shop, right? So before, oh, right. before I was a Connecticut Sun fan, you know, I was repping for the home team. Mm -hmm. Then they moved to Tulsa and I still was kind of like, yeah, you know, I could kind of rock with Tulsa. <laughs> Cause it's Tulsa, right? But then they go to Dallas, and I'm like, I can't, I can't in good, I can't in good faith. <laughs> I can't rock with a Dallas team in good faith. But you know, fanhood aside, they really have a really good squad, and I just, I'm excited to see them play. They killed this draft, killed it. Um, definitely killed this draft. Kind of hard not to kill it though, with all those picks that they had super high in the draft. Um, right. all right, let's talk though. Early predictions, T. Okay. I just, just, I mean, early, I mean, okay, we'll, we'll split it up. And I, you can, I don't even think I can go to rookie of the year because so many of these draft picks, one, we got to see who actually sticks to a roster. And I keep thinking about like Natisha Heidemann, right? Who was yeah. like drafted late, didn't stick, got cut, but found a home in Connecticut. And I'm like, we want those kind of stories. Like we want right. more of what's my girl, um, Erica Wheeler story. Erica like, Wheeler. You know right? what I mean? Like, but I, but I also, and okay, so let me let me get this whole thought out. And I think you can appreciate it. I host a clubhouse with Elena Beard, right? And it's about athletes and their transition. And Elena said this, and I don't know that it's fair to ask some of the vets in the league to do this, but I really appreciate that it was part of Elena's process when she just decided to retire. She said, I am keenly aware that there are only 144 spots. She's like, between my body and the opportunity for someone else, I felt like it was my time. I'm not asking our vets to sign off prematurely, but I keep thinking about how difficult it is to be in this league. And as I was explaining this to other folks, I'm like, this is not like the NBA. These girls are not going to go play summer league. You know what I'm saying? They don't get three months before they actually hit the floor in terms of real game action. You yep. get drafted. You got two weeks ish. You got a training camp where you got to prove that I can contribute now. Cause there's, there's not, this idea of like incubate and wait that doesn't exist for the W like it just doesn't exist. Which is the reason why I strongly oppose this conversation that keeps popping up about allowing players to come out after one year of landing mm. college. Now I do agree in equity and fairness. So of course I do agree that the women should have in theory should have the same opportunity that the men have in terms of deciding their future. Like if they want to come out year one, sure. If they want to play all four, sure. They should have the opportunity to decide that. But regardless, and even for the men, cause I don't like one and done in the men's game, but especially for the women, where are you gonna go boo? We ain't got no spot for you. Like there's only 12 teams. There's only 144 spots. And realistically, it's not even really 144 spots because some teams not even carrying 12 on a roster this year. You know what I mean? Like some teams, on, I think Phoenix is one, but they're only going to have 11 on a roster this year. So mm. we ain't even got 144 for you. So that like kind of makes a difference where if you're going to open this door 
for us to say we want to have the potential for women to come out after one year to, to come out as you know whatever early then mm-hmm. you also need to open the door for expansion you need mm-hmm. to open the door for more teams you need to open mm-hmm. the door for more roster spots i did say because i think i think we both agree in that you should have the autonomy of the option yeah. But the reality is that it's very challenging to actually make that happen. So I said, what if the W did something similar to the NBA where you can declare, don't sign an agent, go test out, you know what I'm saying? That's Even if first. you go to training camp after the fact, just for the sake of, let me see what this level of competition is. Cause it doesn't quite, like there's no combine per se. Yeah. But if you have this waiver that allows me to at least compete in training camp, you know, coaches can use this as practice squad kids, but we get a chance to see what this level is like. And then I can go and forecast what I want to do moving forward. That was my suggestion. Same thing, or it's at least something similar to a summer league where mm-hmm. or not, or a summer league or a G league or some mm-hmm. other step in between college and the pros that give these women an opportunity. That doesn't necessarily mean I have to go overseas or I have to play internationally or whatever in order to, to, to get this done. I just think that that's, that's a challenge. And sometimes people don't, you know, when we're making these conjectures and we're listening to folks who follow the game, but some who don't really follow the game, they just want to be on the conversation. Like they just- Call <laughs> them out then, call them out. Well, they just want to be in on it so they throw their little two cents in here and there you're like bro you don't know what you're talking about but i get but i, I appreciate you trying though i appreciate you trying. <laughs> that is so funny um okay but i do I, we're not gonna skirt the conversation in terms of predictions and, and we know we got to see how things unfold injuries fit the whole bit but right. is there someone off the top that you're like mm, that could be interesting that could be a rookie of the year move you know what so y'all gonna call me a homer but i really want to see dejanae carrington i like that I think Dejanae Carrington has the ability to really show out this year. She couldn't have been drafted to a better place. Um, Connecticut is going to need her defense. They're going to need her grit because we might not have Alyssa Thomas this year. I can't remember mm. if she's officially out or not, but you know she had surgery in the offseason. And we need somebody who can at least for, I mean, nobody's really going to be able to replace AT, but somebody who can give some of the factors that she brings i think dejan carrington can do that kurt miller said on our twitter space he only has two spots for roster spots and mm-hmm. he's really looking for someone i know right so he's got two spots they had three picks okay of the two spots they have dejan carrington should absolutely get one and if she does and she brings what we saw in that baylor uconn game yeah. to the WNBA and elevates it She's dangerous. Like, I think she can make some noise this year. Um, she had her draft party at Padres Park, at Petco Park, where the Padres play. Like, she's, she hopped on radio with us, and she was super glammed up with this baseball draft party. <laughs> okay. She did, she did say she was hopeful to stay West Coast. She's a West Coast girl. But I think she wants to play ball more than anything, so she's certainly going to go and shake it up. I like that tea, and I think – I'm trying to think. Dijanae caught my eye late, later in the draft um who else for me she was kind of the big one arella i can't remember where arella went though uh um i think she went to la to the sparks okay okay so um there's a lot there's just a lot to unpack all right so off of individual awards who are your favorites favorite to contend for the title i i okay let me see if you got the same thoughts i got okay (laughs) Listen. Who's your favorite to contend for the title? Okay, so wait, two. I'm picking two, right? Like, you give me two, yeah. Because okay. I've, I've seen people answer this question with four, and I feel like that's too many. You gotta no, like that's too many. Like if I if, if I could pick a finals, like okay, these, pick a finals. If I could pick a finals. Okay, mm-hmm. 
gosh, I still think that Las Vegas has the ability to contend. Um, They were, I don't know what they did last year that (laughs) out of the clear blue, I was so concerned with Las Vegas, right? I was like, yo, y'all are just, y'all are, this is on a platter for Mm y'all and and y'all are just completely botching it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And then they Mm -hmm. showed up against Connecticut, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Just for you, just for you. Of, of Of all the teams to show up against. But now you're bringing back Kelsey, who you didn't have. You're now mm-hmm. possibly bringing back Liz Cambage, who you didn't have. You know, you have Angel, who has contributed greatly. I don't know how this woman continues to play at such a high level, no matter where she is, which mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Um, I just feel like this team, Asia, is getting re- getting better every year. Like, I just, I know that we're going to have a GOAT conversation with her in it. Ooh. This, we're gonna oh god we're going to eventually have a goat conversation with asia wilson in it and i wouldn't be mad at that at all at all right so i feel like it's which is crazy for a, a team that a franchise that has only been around about four years now but i really feel like they can contend for a title okay um i would also say oh <laughs> uh, maybe Chicago. Okay. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay. I think Chicago, gosh, Diamond is hungry. And I think what she, oh, and on top of that, you got Sloop who just won this Euro title. And so she's coming off championship vibes. Like we about to get this done, but you've added CP who brings so much to the game. Mm -hmm. Just from a leadership perspective, which is not necessarily something that they were missing, but I think it's something that James Wade is going to use to continue to motivate them because they weren't too far last last season. Now you're telling them, um, and then I think they, and then they, they hello, Natasha Mack, as you mentioned in the draft, yep. um, the player from Australia, Shyla Hill. Yep. Like, they've just added and stacked and stacked. And for me, it would not be surprising if they didn't come out the gate because chemistry, you've got to build okay. it. It, but I'm thinking after this Olympic break, like August, Chicago may be unstoppable, yo. Okay, so Chicago is definitely there for me and my favorites. I, I really like Chicago and I kind of feel like Washington. See, I know you was going to say Washington. I, and but that's not even being a homer team. Think about it. Like, neither Elena Del Don or Tina Charles played last year. I know. Give me them two. Let's go. Like, just give me them two. I know. And I just think there's still so many tremendous, like the thing I loved about Washington and Tebow is people very clearly knew their roles. You know what I'm saying? There wasn't no confusion. And sometimes I'm not sure that Vegas is clear on roles. And I I think that, that, you know what I mean? Like, I think that not that they don't have great chemistry off the court, but on the court, sometimes I'm like, "Mm, I don't, mm, okay, sure. I don't know about that call and beer. Sure. Okay, fine. We'll see what happens. Um, so for me, I think it's Chicago and Washington, but I, speaking of a team that's hungry, I'm really curious to see what Phoenix does this year. That's a good one. And I was on a border with them. I really was on a border with them. Cause I'm curious to see what Phoenix does as well. And I think they only had like one pick in this draft. So they didn't really do anything to booster what they already have, but Phoenix, 
really let me down last year because they started off the gate terribly. Um, they found their chemistry late in the season, but I expected more. I expected more out of Skyler. I expected more out of Britt. I just expected more and I didn't get that. So I, they kind of they kind of got me on the fence right now where I'm not exactly sure what to expect from them, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did make it to the finals. So I'm with you. And I think for all those reasons, they get it together. One, because I think there's nothing, I think, if if Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have a rivalry, then Sue and DT have a friendly like thing too, right? And I think there's nothing quite like the urgency of time in terms of opportunities to do this. And not that DT is concerned about her legacy, but you know, she's a competitor, right? And I think she's got the pieces around her. I agree with you. I expected so much more out of that dynamic between her and Skylar, between Britt being there, like that, that was supposed to be the next big three in my mind. Yeah, and exactly. we hope that Brits, all her personal issues and stuff are resolved or whatever. Um, but okay, let's get to basketball, you know? Right. Let's fulfill the promise, if we may. All right, let's right. talk your Connecticut son a little bit, T. Recently named a new president yes. uh, of the Connecticut Sun, the one and only UConn alum, Jen Rosati from the 1995 championship team. Yes. Just what's your take? Do you like this? I mean, she was previously at GW. Right. And she didn't do as well as I know she had hoped at GW. I think she had like a nine and 15, nine and 14 record, but I like this move, right? I like this move for a couple of reasons. One, I like the fact that she already has a passion for the state of Connecticut, right? Which uh -huh. is at Sun fans, you had to have done that. Like they are, I've never lived in a place where women's basketball is so thoroughly loved throughout the state than in the state of Connecticut. So one thing that you need to do is you need to be able to embrace mm -hmm. the Connecticut Huskies and her being able to say, I'm not only an, an alum, but I was a standout player here. Sure, Hello. Like uh, I am, I am, I'm hosting trophies here. Like she's already won the hearts of the fans, right? She also, that also means that she knows the game. That also means that she's been a coach and she understands mm -hmm. power dynamics, how to work with players. Um, Kurt Miller is a guy who really is hard. Like I never met anyone who ever had a bad thing to say about the guy. Never met mm -hmm. a player who had anything to say about his style and his leadership. And I think that they're going to brand well together. Um, I also think she understands that some things are bigger and more important than her. The day that she was um, brought on as the new president was also the day that the verdict came down for um, mm. Eric Chauvin. And she tweeted and said, hey, listen, I know that this is very important, monumental moment in my career, but some things are bigger than me. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, Jennifer, girl. Come on and ride this train. I love it. I love the move. I'm excited to see what she's going to do. Um, Amber Cox is a hard uh, a hard uh, seat to fill, but I think she's going to do great. Um, oh, Amber. We love Amber. Just a little love shout Amber. Out to Amber. She went over to the soccer league, but I swear. Love Get her. your bag, Amber. But Amber is such oh, a sweetheart. <laughs> she is such a sweetheart. Okay. All right. So staying in the Northeast, let's talk a little New York Liberty. I knew that was coming. Shout out to the Jersey. Um, Sabrina Unescu, healthy. Okay, we're excited about that. Uh, have you heard any updates on Asia Durr? I haven't heard any updates. The last that I heard was she was still not playing simply because she was still battling effects from COVID. Okay, okay. So, um, that, was, that was the last thing I had heard too. I was hoping that we had better news, but uh, either way, our thoughts and prayers are certainly out with her. This is a very real disease. And I, we keep saying that you can't take it for granted that young people just bounce back. Like, this is one of the most promising athletes in the league. And this is an absolute tragedy if she can't um, return to form. Yeah. Um, but okay, 
On that team, though, Michaela Anuera from UCLA, Didi Richards from Baylor were their two draft selections. You have, I'm just thinking of last year's team, as young as it was, Leisha Clarendon, obviously a terrific leader in the WNBA, uh, Jocelyn Willoughby from UVA, Jasmine Jones from Louisville, Kylie Shook, Louisville. Now, we got to see how it all culminates and who's actually still going to be on the roster this year. But even though that team won two games last season, I still was like, hmm, there's something here. Like, there's something here. In 20. I can't believe it. Like, <laughs> two in 20. I still believe, though, T. I believe as well. I think that there's nothing that New York can do this year that won't be progress from where they were, right? That and that's the most eloquent way to look at it. But terrific. I tell, like, there's just no, there's nothing that they can do. And, like, Didi, I was very, so I know like, so here's my thing with Michaela, right? I'm, I'm really interested to see her on this team just because she's such a tweener for me, mm-hmm. right? Like she does a lot of things well. She shoots well, she guards well, but like, where exactly are you going to fit, right? Yeah. There, you, you know, and I feel like they're going to put her on a wing, but like, she can just, they're just, she's just going to have to adjust. Like, that's the word that I see for you is adjustment and she's so sweet i really like michaela but adjustment is the is what i see for her Didi is about to bang in new york i have no doubt that she makes the roster and i just feel like she's one of those players that has so much to prove she showed us that she knows how to run the floor when she switched over to point guard she showed Mm -hmm. us that she knows how to distribute the ball well she knows how to read the floor well we don't have to question her defense so Didi is going to bring it. And I think that's going to be very helpful for Sabrina. Like coming back off an injury, wanting to start fresh, wanting to start new. I think that that's going to be helpful for her. And I think it's going to be helpful for Walt too, because we haven't seen this team for real, like with a stacked roster yes. at all since he's got, since he, since they uh, released team, got rid of Tina Charles. So mm-hmm. I think that this is going to be so helpful for him to really start fresh with this team. And I, I I'm, maybe 12 to 13 wins, I think. Ooh, I like it. I like it. That's close to a 500 season-ish, yeah. kind of. Kind of-ish. Kind of-ish, it's around there. Um, here's my, it's so funny that you said that about Michaela, because I was on another podcast and I was saying, the thing that's unique about the W is obviously you have this tight turnaround and a small window to make an impact. But I almost feel like players that do one thing well or at least, or they know the one thing that they excel in, even if they can do everything else, they, it, they get to shorten the learning curve because this is my identity. Where does this fit with this team? As opposed to, I've been able to do everything. Like, where does, where, you know what I mean? So like, that's why for Ari, even though I was kind of like, wow, that was a high draft pick. She's going to come and defend. Tasha, okay, bet. She's going to come in and defend. DD, DJ, like they're going to come in and defend. Um, I don't know. I got to see how Michaela unfolds. Cause I'm trying to think, Who's the who's like the best three point shooter or as as constructed with that team with uh the Liberty? With the like Liberty I'm thinking right now. Yeah, like I'm thinking is that a spot where? But I don't know that she shoots a three. She's not a pure shooter. She's not a pure shooter. No. Right. So I wouldn't put. Although I mean, well, she can. Right, she, but that's what I'm saying. Can, but that's what I'm saying. Like if you came in and was like, I was the best three point shooter, and and like Dana or Chelsea to me. Don't leave them open on the at, right. at all, right? Dana more so on the spot up, Chelsea more off the bounce. But you know that about them. So yeah. I feel you on Michaela because I, as I was going through the roster, even like Stephanie to LA, I'm like, I didn't, mm, okay, sure. Like, where but, do you, you know, I feel you on that. And I like that perspective of like, what it is, what is it that you do well? And I think yeah. 
worked, which is which is sort of where I say adjustments are going to be key for her, because I don't think that she truly knows that there is one particular thing that you can say, this is this is my strongest suit and this is what I'm going to do regardless of where you put me. I mm-hmm. think that's going to be very key for Michaela um, because at UCLA, she, she, her strongest suit was shooting actually. Um, and, and I think that that was interesting, but I don't see that happening. I don't see that being her strongest suit in New York. I just feel like she's going to be needed somewhere else. Yeah. And I really feel like off, like on the wing is where she's going to be needed the most. But the thing is, can you adjust to that position? Can yeah. you adjust to playing that style? And I don't know. I'm not saying she can't at all. Yeah. Just saying that we really got to see. It's a, it's a, there's a lot to see, but we've got some terrific storylines to keep an eye on. All right. We got to talk about our girl T. Renee running things in yes, Atlanta. Renee. Yes, Dude, running, things, running things in general, though. Like, I feel like everybody that even remotely knows her. Ha, remotely. Renee, that's her podcast. Check it that's out. That's her yep. It's so proud of her. Like, just to be connected is like, dog, you are so dope. Killing the game. I was sad when she told, when, like, when she announced that she was retiring. Oh. Like, I, because I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't, I, I had it. no clue. So I was like, where, Renee? Like, no, really? Like, you got another gear in you. You got another two. Come but on. See, again I, I feel like she's also in that Elena beard right in that Elena beard vein right like she understands how difficult it was and she's doing dope stuff and yeah. you know what Clinton Porter said this to me one time and we just saw it with Alex Smith too he was like when you step away and he was talking about injury specifically but when you step away and realize how much life you actually miss like he's like a lot of times you'll see guys recover from an injury and then retire because they recovered just to prove it to themselves but in the time that they were away, they realized how much other life there is. And I kind of feel like that's sort of what happened with Renee because not she wasn't injured, thank God, but she stepped away and was incredibly impactful. And we see now that she's made history in terms of being a part of that ownership group. Yep. Um, she just got an opportunity to see how many other talents, gifts, talents, and abilities she has that can be dope in so many other ways besides just playing. And she's definitely not gone away from the game. Like yeah. we bring her on the call for the women's basketball tournament. And I was like, Renee, you are like, she was excellent as mm-hmm. a color analyst. And so, um, and she had like, and they gave her some really good games to call as well. So I was so, I was so impressed with her and just very proud of her. I'm happy to see that she's doing it. I think that's what we need more of. Former WNBA players still contributing to the game in whatever possible way, whether that's coaching, whether that's ownership, whether that's just being a voice for women's basketball um, during the games. I think that we just need that. They just need to keep saying that, keep pouring back into the league. Um, So I'm excited for her. I love that. So actually, that that is the question that our super producer, Bruce, kind of posed to you. We want to get your take on that. She's the first. But do you think that this is something that we'll continue to see? Obviously, Chanae Agumake is another front-facing. Chanae and Candace, really. They both have big-time jobs where you see their face, you hear their voice. Um, but do you think we'll see more of these players looking to go into the ownership leadership route besides just coaching? I absolutely see that. And I'm glad you brought up Chanae. First of all, Chanae, girl, because I know you listen to this podcast. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Like you have 27 hours in your day. You must. And I, I don't know. Teach me your ways. But <laughs> but Chanae is definitely somebody who I can see making that leap into ownership because she always comes into any situation knowing like, I want to be 
not only the best at this, but I want to run this, right? Like mm-hmm. I want to make this mine. I want to, I want to own this. And just how she works with the WNBA PA Players Association, how she's able to articulate, you know, various issues that go on in the league in such a way that the common man can understand it and, and understand it well enough to provide an opinion about it. I just love that about Janae. She's not afraid to take on anything. And I can definitely see her. And, and another thing about Janae that just because she's a great friend of mine, I love her. But she's okay with saying, listen, I understand this didn't work out the way that I wanted to, but I know how to make the best about it. And way I got that from her was her time at Stanford, right? She'd be the first to say, listen, we got here three years, four years. I got here, didn't win a championship, but it's all good because it allowed me to do blah, 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 blah. And so I say that to say, I could see Chanae saying, listen, okay, maybe I didn't win a WNBA championship. Maybe I didn't, you know, get this particular thing that I wanted in this way, but I can make an impact by doing it in this way. That's just the kind of person that she is. And so she's somebody I could see doing that when NECA stops playing, I could definitely see her, you Mm. know, going into that as well. Candace, I don't know if I can see Candace making an impact in that way in the W, but I see her making an impact that way in the NBA. Oh, okay. I think I think Candace gives me NBA vibes. Like I, I feel her being a force in the NBA. Like I don't know why. It just when I see her on stage with D Wade and kick and killing Shaq every like on TNT, I'm just like, girl, if you don't get you, if you don't get you in somebody's ownership group. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, I like that. I like that. I actually think of someone, and I know Leisha has a bunch of different causes that they are passionate about, but. That's definitely someone that I think of in terms of being a front-facing leader. Yeah, Natasha Cloud too. <laughs> yeah, definitely, Natasha Cloud. I, there's so many great options of women that could go any way they want with their past in the W, but I think the most important thing that you kind of said, T, is that we still continue to give them their flowers when they step away from the league, especially because they continue to be connected to the game, whether that's college basketball, women's basketball, NBA ball, like it's such a, tight-knit group an elite group of women that have been able to succeed at a high level they should they shouldn't pay for drinks anywhere they play like they should always be celebrated always be celebrating seriously and I'm glad you brought up women's college basketball because I feel like that would be so imperative to helping bridge that gap between the two leagues if we had more WNBA players taking on I love that Tina Thompson's down in Virginia love seeing you know staying uh coach Dawn Staley at South Carolina I love seeing these former players go to the college level because I think in a way it just forces you because there are some college players who don't who well I think it's different now let me rephrase I think it's different now um that more college players have had the WNBA in their lifetime mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. whereas like you know my age I didn't always have the WNBA in my lifetime I didn't always have a prof- a formal professional women's basketball league such as the WNBA to look to so if you were to ask me at a certain age you know who is your favorite WNBA player or something like that mm-hmm. I might have been like well I don't know because I ain't had, even though it's Cynthia Cooper. I would yes, never, come on, we twins. I would, yes, I would cool. never say I don't know, but I'm just giving an example. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I got but you. Like now, but like now, you know, with them having, with the college age students, this, this, this age range, this generation, being able to see so many people and being able to see the WNBA, I feel like now having a person played, a former player to be like that, that coach, that foundation to help them move to the next level is so imperative. Where in, in the past, 
past, it, it really wouldn't have been. So they wouldn't have had a, a they wouldn't have had a lead to look up to. If that makes any sense, what I'm it makes about. no, it makes perfect sense. And to adding to that group, we got a shout out of Dia Barnes too. Got a shout out of Dia Barnes. Seattle Storm. <laughs> I was about to say Seattle Sonics. Shout out to Seattle Storm head coach, also joining USA Basketball this summer. And just to piggyback on that, T, because I think it's so important. And this could go a bunch of different ways in terms of the rabbit hole. But when we talk about Black women, we are always esteemed for our bodies, right? Whether it's playing ball, whether it's music videos, whether it's Instagram, like whatever. You never question the praise that a Black woman's body is going to garner in one way or another. So the other layer to me that is so important when we see WNBA players transition into positions of leadership, whether it's ownership groups on the W side, college ball side, or in the NBA, check me for my mind too. You know what I mean? And I thought that was one of the most powerful messages that I felt when I looked at the women's final four with both Don and Adia there. Not only did they have terrific careers, and I think it's important to have Don, who's like a Hall of Famer, Olympian, has done all this stuff, and Adia, who's done a little bit less, but also proven that I poured my heart and soul into the game, and there are still pathways when my body is no longer the primary focus. Um, yep. So I just thought that that was incredibly powerful, um, and I agree with you. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes, and I know we talk with Elena's on Sunday, her clubhouse she's leading is called Transition the Journey of an Athlete, and it's both men's and women's athletes, but last week we had... Marissa Coleman and Crystal Langhorn in the, in the combo with us. And they both talked about, okay, let me set this table a little bit better. We had a guest in the room who was talking about how athletes, she's worked primarily with men's athletes though. So this was actually really interesting. Mm -hmm. She was saying how athletes have to be a little bit more discerning and who they trust within their circle, because sometimes you trust the wrong people, for, you trust the right people, but for the wrong thing, right? And so I was like, that's such a, that's such a curious thought. I'm curious to hear from our athletes in the group have you guys had that experience? Three of the guys said yes. The three women all said no. And they said, because the W is so tight and their circles are so tight, they have to lean on one another, especially when it starts, they start talking about their business and entrepreneur careers after the fact. They lean on one another for advice. They don't necessarily get the traction that the men get in terms of people pursuing them. And so they're less likely to have issues with who they trust. And they've been able to trust and learn from one another. And like, like Marissa and Elena are, uh, friend, have franchises together of Mellow Mushroom. You know what I mean? And I just, when you think of the power within already and how we're celebrating 25 years of this league and it still has not been adequately served from a media standpoint or marketing standpoint, and we're still here and we're thriving and we're just on the cusp of taking this to the next level. Like you can't help but to be proud when you think of being associated with the W. You have to be, you have to be proud. Like this is, I, I can't tell people how much I talk about the W all the time in random conversations, like random conversation. They don't care what we talk about. We be talking about some blueberry honey. And I will say, <laughs> did you know? Cause who, blueberry honey goes in tea. Did you know Angel McQuarrie has a tea store? Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like I will find an angle to make sure that we incorporate the W in some way because these women just deserve to be celebrated for what they're doing on and off the court. There are so many different people yep. who are finding entrepreneurship opportunities out there, partly because they're just smart women and they understand the power of ownership and they want to have these other endeavors, but also because they understand that the W is still growing. They yep. understand that they're not going to be able to profit the way that the, their male counterparts are. So they have to find alternative means in order to supplement that. And they're doing it in a way that can keep them continually successful even after this game is over. You that can't part. Help but like you can't help but show love and respect and recognize that that's greatness all in itself. So I'm here for it. That's, what, that's what we do. Okay. Snaps the power of women. 
That's, that's how that shirt is so perfect. I gotta call somebody. Somebody sent me a shirt. <laughs> um, it's it's so dope, and we are super excited for year twenty five. All right, T. Before we let you go, because you have just blessed us so much with your time today, we got a little round of word association rapid fire. Okay. Rattle off some names and teams, and we just go whatever pops to mind. Please, uh, serve it up. Okay. All right, here we go. Liz Cambage. Mm. Fierce. Mm, I like it. Fierce. Sabrina Ionescu. Mm. Motivated. Mm, I love it. Brittany Griner. Oh, dominate. <laughs> Sue Bird. Legend. Elena Deldon. Ooh, Elena Deladon. Um, what comes to mind? Dang. Uh, for Elena, I would say leader. Okay. Erica Wheeler. Oh, goodness. Um, can I do a compound word? Come on, let's get it. <laughs> um, I would say um, for, for Erica, rapid fire. Um, <laughs> You're failing that part, but give us a good word. <laughs> um, I, when I see, when I think Erica, I just think... Um, defiant ah yes that is an excellent word for her all right and last but not least tamika catchings oh (laughs) god there's so many words for tamika (laughs) um so uh god powerful powerful yes i love it uh t all right you know how we do on this show buckets boards or blocks actually i don't know the last time we had you if we did this because we have both you and cam talking Mm -hmm. uh the last dance all right we end the show you can give me a bucket a board or a block or all three if you feel like it and let's talk the WNBA specifically heading into year 25 the bucket is the thing you love give me all the buckets we want buckets Yes, things that I love, year 25, just one, it's year 25. So okay. there we go. Um, two, jerseys, super hot. Love super it. Hot. Love it. Um, three, new faces. Love Ooh. all the new faces. Four, new fans. We got a lot of new fans based off last season being in the in the bubble. So I'm excited about new fans. Okay, you totally jumped me, but okay, we got five buckets. Let me know oh. if you have a board. The board is something that you look at at first glance, not so great, but has a redeeming quality. Think like a rebound. Got any um, boards? Do I have any boards? Uh, you can say no if you don't. Yes, yes I actually do. Dallas's jerseys. Oh, you don't like Dallas's jerseys? Or kind of, sort of? The, the Rebel jersey had a very negative connotation behind it, but I feel like they can, I feel like Nike can rebound from this, can come up with something that can really be a slam dunk, but they just got to do their research, you know. They have the wash jerseys and the wash didn't let, you know, Black women a part got of it. it. So they were like, you know, doesn't really, it's not really a good look to have. A, I, did, I missed that. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So they, so they pulled the rebel Jersey for the wings, but I feel like Dallas can come. I feel, well, I won't say Dallas cause it wasn't Dallas. It was Nike. So I feel like Nike can come back with something really, really good to make up for the mishap. It is so, and I'm learning this too. It's so important that we do our research thoroughly because I'm sure that wasn't their intention, right? But like, it, and then, wasn't, it wasn't. And quite honestly, historically, we don't talk about how so many of these movements didn't include Black women. Did like, not. we just don't talk about it. 
They're not, but you know what? They can they can they can redeem themselves. I got faith in you, Nike. Okay. Okay. I yeah, we trust Nike because that Nike, the commercial is bomb. The right. we love that. We yeah. love the course. All right. So then your block is your thing that you want. Get this out of here, block this shot all day. Do you have any blocks? Yes. Uh block would be all of you people talking about lowering the rims. Don't bring that up no more. <laughs> Mic drop. Per, per period, all that. Block. Don't bring that up. <laughs> we'll talk about that. We're not doing that. T, well, thank you so much for making time to hang out with me. We are going to continue to follow you on your Twitter spaces, on your YouTube, on your Instagram, on your social, producing on Around the Horn and, and co-hosting. Um, we're so excited that you have your enthusiasm and your energy on helping provide media coverage for this tremendous league. Well, thank you so much for having me. And kudos to you, Monica. You are kicking butt out here girl i turn on my tv i see monica I turn on my radio i see monica and guess what i'm gonna tweet and retweet and share every single last one of them because you out here doing it girl Love girl it. the the grime we are here for sure that was dope and just like that it's time to wrap thanks to our guest my girl tarika foster brasby for sharing her time with us and giving us so much delicious food for thought as we prepare for this WNBA season thanks also to our extraordinary producer bruce bernstein and our tremendous editor kristen woolley please check out our other pure hoops media shows mike wise has a new show each monday his guest this week is usa basketball managing director jerry colangelo and he has a classic story or a classic story or few from his six decades in the sport. Full Court has a new show each Tuesday. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is here on Wednesday. King and I have buckets, boards, and blocks on Thursday. He'll be back next week. And the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman is here every Friday. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. All right, people. This could be the year that we move past this pandemic. When you can, get the vaccine. Please protect yourself and others by wearing a mask, washing your hands, maintaining your distance, and being considerate. Also, PSA, just because we get vaccine shots does not mean the world is still wide open. We need to be mindful, even with the vaccine. Also, definitely thank a nurse, a doctor, a teacher, grocery store workers, all those people that have been essential as we've navigated this pandemic, be sure to thank them. Until we meet again, y'all, I'm Monica McNutt. It's been tremendous. You know how we close this thing out. Enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.